Our second scripture is from 1 John, 1st chapter, verses 5 through 7, page 1,207 in the Pew Bible. This is the message which we have heard from him, and I declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. A practice that Mission Discovery has is to give each attendant a devotional booklet and encourage them to spend time each day in the Lord's Word. And each evening, following a corporate gathering, each group is given a specific small group time. And it's during that time that we use the scriptures from that little booklet that we read during the day to uh, be fuel for our discussions that evening. Now, you've probably heard the expression that talk is cheap, so put your money where your mouth is. This expression simply means it's easy to talk or to say the right stuff, but if you're serious you'll back it up with action. We live in a world where words are cheap, even when right words are used and agreed upon. A handshake no longer seals a deal. Businesses no longer take a person's word without it being put into writing. Spoken words hold little sway. An example close to home is recently when Patty was looking for a nursery worker She made many appointments with individuals who agreed to an interview, even set up a meeting time, and very few even showed up to do it. Talk is cheap, and it requires more than mere words to show that you really mean it. And this, in a nutshell, is what our devotional study of 1 John was dealing with. You will notice that I've entitled this sermon, When Words Are Not Enough. As we read the portions of 1 John, we noted how he was addressing concerns of that early church, which interestingly are not so different from concerns that we have today. A problem John points out with using right words in a wrong or false way may actually indicate that what that person truly believes despite the words they use. The concerns John addressed gives us a good framework to understand what being a believer really means. He helps us to take a close look and evaluate ourselves. He was showing the church how the mere use of words is not enough to show true belief. I would like for us this morning to take a similar journey into the book of 1 John and look at portions of the first three chapters. And in doing so, I would like us to consider and answer three questions along the way. The first question, what about those who claim to believe but who live as though their belief in Christ does not matter? Question two, what about those who claim to believe but later turn their backs on God, their faith, and the church? And question three, what are some marks of vital and active faith? Or to put that question another way, uh, how do we recognize true belief? John, as you know, was a disciple of Jesus and spent much time with him. 
He was present with him during the time of our first scripture reading. As we read in Matthew 7, Jesus himself indicates how the mere claim of belief in him is insufficient for true belief. To stress the truth of this point, Jesus tells how there will come a time when many who claim belief, call Jesus Lord, do things in his name, but who in the end Jesus will say, I never knew you. Jesus was telling how words in and of themselves is not enough. Jesus describes these people as false prophets, those dressed up like believers, but who in reality are wolves. In this passage, Jesus goes on to mention how with the observation of their lives, you can see the value or the quality of the fruit of their lives, who they really are, what they value most, and what they really believe will always be seen in the product of their lives. Jesus says, you will know them by their fruit. When John writes to believers in his care, he similarly expounds this same notion. Look, if you would, again at the portion of 1 John that, that Helen just read. 1 John 1, 5 through 7. Let me read that again to us. This is the message that we've heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son purifies us from all sin. Now John makes mention in verse 6 of those who claim to have fellowship with him. That is to say that they believe in Christ, but continue to walk in darkness. He is referring to those who claim to be Christian, but who live as though Christ does not matter. They claim to believe, but live their daily lives in a way that is indistinguishable from those who do not believe. This behavior is in direct contrast to God really is. In verse 5, John tells how God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Light dispels the darkness. The two cannot mix. For one to claim belief in God and live as though he does not matter is, as John says, a liar. That is, to be a liar about their belief in him. It is not uncommon for people to claim belief in God, yet live their lives with themselves as the chief measure of what is right and wrong. The mere use of words, I believe, is not enough to indicate true belief. Living as though Christ does not matter is to continue to live and walk in darkness, which is a description of willfully living in sin. This is not to say, however, that a true believer will no longer sin. Sadly, sin is an integral part of our fallen condition. Look at what John says in just the next verses that follow. In 1 John 1, 8 through 2, 1, he says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. 
We are sinful. But through Christ, a believer's sin is completely paid and God's wrath is fully satisfied. So sinlessness or being sinless is not what John is speaking about. He is talking about one living as though sin is not a big deal and therefore continue to live a willful, sinful lifestyle. Sin, as God defines it, is a big deal. We are unable to satisfy God's demand for justice or come to him on our own. Thus, the need for Christ's sacrifice, which pays and satisfies God's demand for justice against our rebellion. To live as though sin is no big deal is to live in darkness. Sin is not defined by us or by what we like or dislike. Sin is simply defined scripturally as anything in opposition to Christ, his commands, or that denies or reduces him in any way. To redefine what sin is, is to pursue a lifestyle reflective of darkness. John has told us, in God there is no darkness. To live for God is to grow in one's desire to move out from a lifestyle of darkness and no longer make excuses to continue to live in it. To live as though God does not matter is an indication that your belief claim is a lie. It is, it is not, if it's not your confession of belief that shows that you are saved, what evidence is there that you are? In 1 John 2, 3 through 6, he says, We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he says is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. If anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. And this is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Mere words of affirmation are not enough. Obedience, shown through one's lifestyle, gives evidence that one's belief is real. Notice how John says this in verse 4. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. If you say you believe in Jesus, but do not do what he commands, and do not obey, you do not truly believe. This passage is an echo of what John heard Jesus say in the upper room just before his arrest. In John 14, verses 21, 23, and 24, Jesus says, Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. A mark of real belief is seen through one's life and lifestyle. As John says in verse 6 of 1 John 2, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. How are you doing? A true believer will not take offense at his words, but will notice the need for improvement in his or her life. A way I picture this is to think of what John is saying as a warning light on the dashboard of your life. When a dashboard light comes on, it's a warning that something is not right 
and if left unchecked, real damage will be done. John is saying many may claim belief even when they live in disregard of Christ and his commands. Is your life and lifestyle moving you to walk more and more like Jesus? Do your actions and attitude of your life reflect more the things of Christ or the culture around you? You who claim belief, are you doing what Jesus said or is the warning light starting to blink? Do not ignore the warning light. This indicates a developing problem. John gives us an evaluative point to consider as we look at our own lives and attitudes. In chapter 2 of 1 John, verses 9 through 11, he says, Anyone who claims to be the light but hates a brother is still in darkness. Anyone who loves their brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother is in darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. Notice again how John uses the phrase, anyone who claims. Words alone are not enough. John tells us to put our money where our mouth is and gives us something in which to evaluate our belief claims. What is your attitude toward other believers with whom you might not agree? Are there those that you have trouble speaking of positively? Are there any that if something bad were to happen to them, you would not feel bad? If anyone hates his brother, he is walking in darkness. Darkness is sin. To hate your brother is to not love them. And love is not merely to have an affection for them or a warm feeling or to find them attractive. Love is to look out for their well-being, to protect them, to seek their betterment and advancement, and to hold them accountable for their faithfulness. We were not lovely to God when he demonstrated his love for us. As you might know, Romans 5, 8, Paul says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We were still sinners, that is, opposed to God and living in darkness, when he showed us his love and died for us. How you treat your brother or sister believer, how you think of your brother or sister believer, can be an indicator of your slipping into sinfulness and making your faith claim a line display. For the wise, to the true believer, they will recognize their error and confess their sin because God is faithful to forgive. An additional distressing circumstance is seeing folks that we know who once took part in the fellowship of the church but who have since left it, not just changing locations but having walked away from their faith and belief. Are these folks ones who have lost their salvation? John says this in verses 18 and 19. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard, that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. And this is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us, but their going showed that none of them belonged to us. A claim of belief was once used by those who participated in the life of the church, but have since stopped. 
We all know someone who grew up in the church, but who no longer associates with it. Many of them claim to no longer believe. Those who make this claim, John tells us, are those who by their actions show they never truly believed or were believers to begin with, though though they may have once claimed belief, participated in, and had been active within the church. John uses a strong term to describe these people. He refers to them as the Antichrist or as Antichrists. Our modern culture has taken this term and applied it solely to a future evil person in opposition to Christ and set upon destroying believers. But John here uses that term more broadly. He applies it to all those in opposition to Christ, even though they once took part in the fellowship of the church. Antichrists are recognized as those who no longer remain in fellowship with Christ and his church. By their leaving, John is not talking about them leaving, say, First Pres and going to First Baptist. He's not talking about changing churches. He is talking about those people who grew up in the church, participated in it, but who, because of whatever life circumstance, chose to no longer follow, participate, or believe. You might hear folks like this describe themselves this way. They might say, I once was a Christian, but when I got to college, I no longer could believe. Or some might say, I've grown out of those children's stories, but as I've gotten older, I just recognize them as good moral tales, but I don't believe them as truth. Some might say, I cannot or will not be a Christian if it means a particular lifestyle is declared sinful. If you cannot love who you want, then belief in that God is not for me. Interestingly, some of these folks may still claim a belief in some sort of spirituality, but they deny the God of the Bible, and especially Christ. And to that, John says this about that notion. In verses 22 and 23 of chapter 2, he says, Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Our first question, what about those who claim belief but who continue to live as though God does not matter? John informs us that to simply say you believe and continue to live as though Christ does not matter is to make a lie out of your profession of faith. Your claim of true belief is a lie. Your life and lifestyle matter. And it makes a difference. Our second question, what about those who once claimed belief but who now reject it? If someone you know has turned his or her back on their faith and deny God, though they once claimed belief, they have not lost their salvation. They never had it to begin with. To persist in a life and lifestyle that denies Christ is to show their previous belief claim as a lie. As John says it, The one who denies Christ is a liar and an antichrist. Recognized now as a non-believer, those folks are not out of bounds to hear the gospel and for the gospel to be shared with. For one day they might indeed hear and faith be awakened in them. And this leads us to the third question. What are some marks of true belief? For the true believer, Scripture says they are born of the Spirit, 
They have been made new. They have been made alive. There is a change that takes place within the heart of a true believer. Jesus tells Nicodemus that no one has the ability to see or enter the kingdom of God unless they're born again. No one can come to God on his or her own. True belief only comes from a heart that is awakened and made alive by God. When a person truly believes, God says, or John says in his gospel, they are given the right to become children of God. It is with faith in Christ that one is adopted and made part of God's family. Being made part of God's family comes with all the privileges of being his child. John says in chapter 3, verse 1 of 1 John, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. There is great privilege to being a family member of the creator of the universe. It is to him that we are given the privilege to call and to come as our father. It is to him who is sovereign over all of life's situations and circumstances that we can come and complain and plead and wrestle and listen to, hear, submit, and be moved to action. To those who truly believe, the fruit of their lives will be in keeping with the scripture. Their life and lifestyles will not be a lie to their profession of belief. They will not turn their backs on God, their faith, or his people. So let's consider some points that John gives us that are indicators of real faith. Do you walk in darkness? To walk means to participate in or to continue in that activity. Does your lifestyle reflect more the things of God or the attitudes and values of the world? John says that love for the world is not love for the Father. Do you love your brother? 1 John 3.16, he says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. The love shown to a brother is more than saying nice words. It is through the sharing of material goods, the giving of emotional support, the donation of your time, being devoted to their well-being, and their encouragement and accountability towards spiritual growth and development. In 1 John 2.26, he says, I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. John writes, so true believers will not be deceived. So do not be deceived. A true believer will not and cannot lose his or her salvation. They can't damage their effectiveness, and this damage can come by living as though Christ makes no difference. This lifestyle is a way of denying Christ, and if the warning light is not heeded, damage will be done. If Jesus makes no difference to you or your behavior, do not fool yourself by claiming belief. So who is a Christian, and how can one live as one? The person who believes in the one whom God sent, Jesus, who alone atones for sin, is the one whose life and lifestyle reflects the things of God, is the one who continues in the things of God, even if mistakes are made, is the one who continues to grow and be active in his or her faith, and is the one who goes beyond mere words 
They are the ones who believe. They understand how mere words are not enough. Let's pray if you would.